a cuppa and a good chinwag? The story has real-life stories to inspire and make you smile. Weekdays on Vision and on demand in the app. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Well, our special guest this hour is Dr. Genevieve Milnes. Genevieve is a clinical psychologist. Genevieve is the National President of the Christian Counselors Association of Australia and also National Director of Psychology Australia, and she's joining us now. Hello, Genevieve. Welcome to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Genevieve, just lovely to have you as part of our program today, and uh, I should say right from the outset, uh, as we start talking through issues, and uh, and uh, hopefully we'll be talking to uh, various ones who'll call in and contribute to our conversation too, that our discussion's not about personal therapy today, but is more about a general way of talking about singleness. But there might be some questions and some comments that listeners will have uh, from all over Australia with regard to this issue of singleness, and perhaps those who are single now or those who can remember what it was like to have challenges as singles. So uh, just to say, one eight hundred eighty eight zero eighty seven six is the number to call for uh, those who'd like to contribute to our conversation. Uh, Genevieve, before we get started talking about singleness, why don't we just spend a few moments? Uh, tell me about the Christian Counselling Association of Australia. What sort of things make the Christian counsellors tick? Aha, uh-huh. <laughs> it's a it's a great association, and and we're um, really going from strength to strength. Um, and and more uh, Christian counsellors joining the association, um, uh, you know, um, all the time. So what makes us tick? Um, I guess it's our belief in God. We we are all committed Christians, and we wanted an association that um, that that we could really connect with and believe in uh, that was going to help us as Christians in our you know in our uh, professions. Now, when it comes to counselling and psychology, you seem to have a finger in every pie. Uh, you're so well connected around the country. It's, it's just yes. amazing. Uh, you even teach in areas of counselling overseas. Oh, I do. I've been to, I'm taking my therapy, um, particularly to the UK, and I've also been to the Christian Counsellors Conference in Nashville, which was a great event a couple of years ago, to just uh, really, I guess, tell people about the therapy that I've been, that I really did my PhD in. So I'm, I'm quite excited about that. That's the rewiring therapy, but, but that's not what I'm talking about today. But that's, that's what I've been doing, training people overseas, training therapists, yes. Now, there might be listeners who have questions about singleness and the challenges that singleness has. Is there something with singleness that happens in those who are young and those who are perhaps uh, middle years and facing singleness because of marriage breakdown and those who are facing singleness in their older years, having lost a partner? Is there something that, uh, that is common amongst all single people that's a real challenge for people to get a hold of, to understand? Uh, look, I think as social beings, we all need intimacy and connection uh, with our community of friends and family, and we all look for that special person or that stable relationship or marriage that meets our emotional, physical and spiritual needs. And I, I think that is what we are looking at. It's so singleness really is, is an outworking of maybe our search for uh, intimacy and connection. 
I guess when we're talking about Christians uh, who are facing singleness, as opposed to singleness in a general uh, sense, uh, there is a sense, isn't there, that godly choices make Mm. a difference. And I guess when you're a Christian counsellor, and uh, I guess it depends on who you're counselling, but when you come across uh, Christians who are grappling with these sorts of challenges, making Mm. godly choices is something that's important. It is, and there are um, certain issues, I think, that are specific to Christians who are looking for partners or, or you know, are really out in that social world. Um, and I think the, the whole idea of sexual purity and abstinence comes in there. Um, and I think also dating maybe an unbeliever, certainly, or someone of a different faith are very sort of um, important issues and being able to keep one's own faith in God uh, because, you know, um, all of the pressures that, that are on us to, to as, as singles or on single people are to find someone who really resonates with you. I guess when we look at popular culture, the messages that we are seeing uh, on our television sets uh, every time we go to the movies, uh, when we're watching any sort of reality TV show, uh, there are interesting and very challenging issues there that popular culture is bringing. And really, popular culture says that being single would be all about sex. Uh, But uh, but sex is not necessarily the only element when we're talking about finding a spouse. No, that's right. And, and you know, I, I really, I always sort of, I have four children of my own and I like to come back to the idea that my children are making friends first <laughs> rather than, you know, looking for a partner. So it's really about how well you do in connecting with other people. How, how, how do you talk to people? How do you, you respond when people converse with you? You know, it's sort of, it's being that all-rounded person who is fun to be with, for example, or who is, um, you know, who likes to communicate and doesn't shut down conversations. So it's, I think it's about being a friend. I think the more we continue our conversation, the deeper we'll get into some of the challenges that singles face because when you talk about uh, uh, making a friend, uh, as I understand it, the statistics show that single people today are relying more and more on social media and uh, on dating sites uh, to try and find a partner than actually building those foundation friendships that you and I might be familiar with. Yes, and I think that we are finding more and more that um, that, that young people uh, are not meeting and are not able to maintain and sustain a, a friendship that is an all-rounded friendship because if you meet someone online, until you actually meet that person um, face-to-face, you really do not have the full picture. So I, I think there are going to be a lot of dissatisfied people um, who have made co- connections online, but, but when it comes to the face-to-face, and how is that going to work out? When we talk about being single, is loneliness a big issue in the, uh, for some people, like a desperate search for a partner or a spouse? Uh, what sort of role does loneliness play in the lives of single people? Mm, um, and I think that that all goes back into that conversation about uh, how how well connected are you generally? I mean, if you are... You know, what sort of opportunities are you giving yourself if you sit alone at home and you're lonely in yourself? Um, it, it's, it's not going to, to augur well for a good relationship or for even meeting someone. 
because you know loneliness is and and I do meet people a lot of young people who are lonely desperately lonely but really just are looking for some keys if you like on how to make a connection with someone else but because they they're so lonely and so maybe detached um they they're too intense about that search Okay, let's uh, set the scene for what we'll talk about more in depth through the hour. Let's talk a little about those who have suffered some level of marriage breakdown and uh, singleness wasn't their choice, uh, but somehow or other they find themselves single and even single as single parents. Uh, There's certainly issues there that you must find yourself uh, chatting with people and uh, and talking to them through those sorts of issues and the challenges that they face because when their war- world seems to fall apart uh, mm. and they're faced with singleness, that's a big challenge in itself. It, it is, isn't it? It's, it's moving into um, a different stage of life for them because, you know, where, whereas they were in a marriage, but, you know, often that marriage or, or that relationship is not a good one and not a healthy one. So there are some you know, sort of potential for moving into a better life. But then on the other hand, there's the breakdown of that marriage, which brings about grief um, and and loneliness and a lot of pressures on, um, you know, perhaps single mothers and fathers to actually look after children and to cope in entirely different ways. And it's it's a rediscovering and a, and a sort of opening up a whole new world for them. Um, however, it doesn't seem like that at the time. And I know there'll be listeners who might like to uh, break that topic open. Maybe they have their own story to tell or something to contribute to our conversation. And uh, our talkback lines are open. one eight hundred eighty eight zero eighty seven six is the number to call. That's one eight hundred eighty eight zero eighty seven six. The other area we were going to be talking about today, Genevieve, of course, uh, if you're in your older years and perhaps you've been married for a long time and all of a sudden you lose a spouse, uh, mm. that person dies. Mm. Uh, there are certain singleness issues that we may all be up against in our later years. Yes, yes. And I, you know, when we talk about that, I recall my own parents who've passed on now. But uh, when my father died, my mother was terribly lonely. And that, you know, she for a time it, it seemed fine, but the more she lived alone and um, she just missed him, you know, she she didn't have that life that they'd lived for something like 60 years together. Um, and there's the dreadful loneliness of waking up each morning um, and that realisation that your loved partner has gone. Um, and even though there are other people around, you know, um, do, people do make decisions uh, that they will not marry again or maybe they do look around for another partner. But, but all of that uh, brings its own pressures and um, there certainly is that the loneliness of that singleness um, in life when a partner dies. And, of course, there's all those family pressures too that might be coming from your children in your later years if you lose a partner as to whether or not you should remarry or even be uh, looking for new friends. Uh, That's a big challenge too, uh, family pressures. 
Yes, it is. And everyone seems to have a point of view, don't they? Mm, that's right. <laughs> what should mum do? <laughs> should Look, she remarry? Should she go out and, you know, find a new partner? And and, and the pressure's on, you know, poor mum or dad to, to actually um, start a whole new life, for example, you know. <laughs> and I think about all the, you know, I'm, a mar- I'm married um, and I think about all that I have invested in a marriage, and then to think that you might lose a partner, and then all of that really seems to be no longer available to you. So you've, it's such a difference, isn't it? Such a, a break, um, and to restart. But you know, I think that life is about that. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's process, isn't it? Everything that we face is a process, and when we um, encounter any crisis it's how we take on that crisis so it's learning now about how to deal with loss it's learning now about how to deal with um, crises that come along because everyone has them you know none of us are exempt from that well i want to invite our listeners to contribute to our conversation our talkback lines are open here's the number it's one 800 880-876. That's one eight hundred eighty eight zero eighty seven six. Our special guest this hour is Dr. Genevieve Mills. We are talking about singleness. Whether you're young, single, and searching for a spouse, or whether you have suffered some level of marriage breakdown and you're facing singleness and singleness as a parent, uh, or if you've lost a partner and you're facing singleness in later years, we would like to hear your story and your contribution to our discussion. The number to call is 1-800-880-876, 1-800-880-876. Dr. Genevieve Milnes is our guest, clinical psychologist. She is the national president of the Christian Counselors Association of Australia. You're on Australia's Vision Radio Network, connecting faith to life. It's Neil Johnson with you on this Monday edition of 2020. We are talking about singleness. A very special guest this hour is Dr. Genevieve Milnes. Genevieve is a clinical psychologist. She's National President of the Christian Counselors Association of Australia, also National Director of Psychology Australia. We are talking about singleness, being single. And our talkback lines are open. You can call us on one 800 talking about being young, single and searching for love. Or if you've suffered a marriage breakdown, you're facing singleness and perhaps as a single family, and uh, perhaps you've, uh, at the older end of the spectrum, you've lost a partner that maybe has been a long-term partner facing singleness into later years. You can call us, one eight hundred eighty eight zero eighty seven six. 870 Genevieve, let's take a call from Frank in Noble Park in Victoria. And uh, hello, Frank. Welcome to 2020. Uh, Dr. Hi, Mills, Mr. Neil Johnson, Steve, and all those great listeners out there, thanks for taking my call. <laughs> well, thank you for making your call. What's your so contribution now, today, say, Frank? Boy meets girl or man meets woman, and they go for a cup of tea or coffee. And then the man comes out straight away and he leaves his cards on the table. The woman comes out straight away and leaves her card on the table. The man says, now look now, I don't like deceit, deception, and dishonesty. I'm looking for faithfulness, fidelity, truth, honest, gratitude, and loyalty. But say, for example, if this relationship continues six, nine months down the track, I have a meticulous surgical clinical memory and mind. So if I find you full of deceit, nine months down the track, if the man and that relationship separate, 
is that an offense or a bad conscience for the for the for the man? Or if the man makes the same mistake and if the lady leaves the cards on the table, is it is it, is it bad affecting their conscience? And is that the reason why we have so many singles? And is that the reason why there are so many separations and divorces? Frank, uh, mm. that's an interesting question. Genevieve, uh, I guess Frank's talking about, uh, I guess, you know, the intentions being declared mm. at the start of a relationship, mm. accountability, holding one another accountable. Yes, that's a difficult one, isn't it? And I was, I was wondering whether, Frank, um, thank you for joining the conversation. Yep, and yep. I, I was wondering whether, are you making some sort of demands on the woman in this case, or is it a, a sort of an agreed... No, <laughs> no, just basically on both sides. I mean, I mean, truth is always very powerful. The truth is always strength. So the yes. man who knows himself and the, the woman who knows herself, as they say, know thyself, be true to thyself, be honest with thyself, none can fool thee. So the man who knows himself, he comes out on the first date, etc., a cup of tea or coffee, the woman says the same thing. And then, therefore... If six months, nine months down the track, if either party is changing, if they do split up what's occurring in, in, in marriages and divorces and separations, is it a kind of a bad concept for either party or have, have both parties done right by coming on the first date and saying, look, this is what I want, this is what I need, but if you're going to go the other way, I think we have to split up? Well, yeah, look, I, I just feel as though the pace needs to slow down a little you know, you because to get to know each other on the on the first day when you're having a cup of tea or coffee, that's going to be a pretty um, high expectations um, set out there for each of you. And I really don't think that's how a relationship is made. I think if you're looking, you know, um, to fulfil some sort of list of um, qualifications that you're you're looking for, then that. Even even so, I mean, for me, if I was in that situation, I think I would run a mile, Frank. <laughs> well, thank you, Frank, for your contribution <laughs> to our conversation today. Uh, there is a sense, isn't there? Uh, that gets a little bit like making a contract on the first date. And uh, oh. I'm not sure uh, you'd be uh, concerned about uh, growing that warmth of friendship, which wouldn't happen if you were it's like, a, like a prenuptial agreement uh, between people who are going on a date. And <laughs> it sounds a little bit rough. It's a bit rough, yes. But look, I, I understand, you know, you you know what you're looking for and you're having sort of those um, clear expectations of what you would like. But every relationship is different and is unique. And even, you know, when people have those lists of what they're looking for, um, when they do find someone, yes, most of those things will be met. But it's, I don't think you can hold that list up. <laughs> Against someone to say, look, you know, are you going to are you going to meet this list of expectations? Mm. I think one of the issues that I detected listening to Frank and uh, talking about those things was the idea of honesty from the start. I I, mm. I, I thought that was a pretty good point that Frank made. Mm, mm. It, it, that's also hard, though. It does bring its problems. Um, I'm not saying don't be honest. But I am saying that there are some things that you could not tell someone on a first date, for example. You know, and, and for example, you might have um, some uh, sickness or illness that is, uh, um, you know, genetic uh, in the family. And it's not something you'd put out there on the first date, maybe a couple of dates down the track to say, you know, if this is going to go somewhere, then you'd want to make people aware that there was that. Um, you know, um, genetic um, 
whatever it was, you know, disease or, or illness in the family. So, you know, something like that would have to be told fairly soon. But I really don't think, I mean, I think on a first date, um, you know, it's best to sort of keep it quite light, really. <laughs> now, it's probably the same for men and women, but uh, it does appear to be the thing that uh, that women seem to have a difficulty about, and that is uh, just, uh, you know, unloading everything on the first date and scaring a man <laughs> away. Is, yes. that, is that something that some, sometimes is awkward? Is that something specific to women, or do men tend to do that? I'm, I'm not sure men do that as much as women. Look, I don't have the figures on that, Neil, but I do think that women are, are more talkative sometimes than men, and perhaps that that might be something that uh, it's good to learn not to be so sort of giving of all the information of everything that you've ever done on your first date. You know, to let so, I, mean, I do think you have to be sort of um, careful with each other and listen to each other and ask questions, but not deep questions on that first date. So guarded and not too deep on that yeah. first date. And uh, yeah. <laughs> good advice. <laughs> we will uh, want to continue our conversation talking about singleness today and your opportunity to contribute to our conversation. 1-800-880-876 is our number. That's 1-800-880-876. Our talkback lines are open. Dr Genevieve Milnes is our guest. Uh, we're talking about singleness today, young and single and searching or perhaps uh, you've suffered a marriage breakdown and you are faced with singleness when you didn't think you would ever have to. Let's uh, uh, let's, uh, reflect a little bit on people who go through marriage breakdown here Uh, because, Genevieve, there are people who carry a lot of hurts uh, from a marriage breakdown and, of course, that affects the way that they will conduct themselves in singleness too. Yes, that's right, yes, and... uh Living in fear, I guess, that you will repeat the past experiences. Um, And, you know, uh, and I guess not even giving yourself time to heal before starting a new relationship. I think... I think both of those are very important. Um, and, and that one, not, not healing, um, allowing yourself time. But I do know that there are people, and you know, I have spoken to many people who say, I cannot live without someone in my life. So they will rush into a relationship very quickly, um, often to their detriment, because they haven't given themselves time, I guess, to process what has happened in the past relationship. And it's very important because we, you know, you know, I know that if we don't deal with something when it happens, that will come up again and again for us to deal with. And, um, you know, it's about growing in learning about a relationship and how to conduct a relationship that will be long lasting. And, and what was it that, that, that went wrong in that last relationship? Why did it break down? Was it my fault? Was it his fault? Was it her fault? Uh, and to look at, I guess, ourselves to find out what we did that that didn't work so well. There is, it uh, does appear to be in uh, many people, the need to be married. And yes. sometimes within Christian churches, the need to be married might feel greater because of uh, some perceived pressure that might be on because, uh, you know, in church life there are a lot of married people and sometimes yeah. single people don't fit in so well. So uh, th- is there in your uh, in your uh, thoughts or uh, experience that sort of 
need that people have, particularly in church life, to actually meet the uh, you know the sort of unwritten requirement that thou shalt be married in church? Yes, yes, and I, I think that that does come up a lot. And um, I have an article here. It's not particularly in church, but it, it does talk about single women continuing to face social challenges. Um, and it, it's saying that although the number of single women has increased, the stigma associated with being single at that age has not diminished. So we are actually finding more people, uh, approximately 40% of adults uh, were single. This was in a US Census Bureau in 2009. So we are finding that more people are single, um, but there is that pressure to conform now, particularly, we find it in churches, but actually, it's everywhere. Um, this this article by Rick Nort, PhD, he says we found that never married women's social environments are characterised by pressure to conform to the conventional life pathway, and this pressure was manifested in women feeling highly visible, and on the other hand, invisible. So heightened visibility came from feelings of exposure and invisibility came from assumptions made by others. So let me just um, tease that out a bit. So the researchers discovered women often feel heightened visibility in situations such as, uh, and this was just an article on the net, it said such as bouquet tosses at weddings. And these events brought about unwanted intrusive questions. Whereas on the other hand, feeling Invisible was likely when others made assumptions that uh, a single woman, for example, was married and had children or when they had to justify their singlehood. And those interactions made them feel that their actual lives weren't important or went unnoticed. I wonder... Sorry. I I was going to wonder whether there's something of an imbalance in church life as to how we treat single people along those lines of what you're saying because... I guess there's a sense in which pastors in church life spend a lot of time helping faltering marriages, but uh, there's yes. often not so much for the faltering single. Uh, there's right. some challenges there, isn't there? Mm. Yes, and, and uh, there's, um, I do a lot of work with couples and preparing couples for marriage and then working with couples who've had some sort of breakdown in their marriage. And what it really comes down to is an individual uh, um, process or a, a realization on an individual level of what has to be done within a person themselves before they can have a whole marriage, you know, a sense of a healthy marriage, because two people contribute to um, a relationship. And, and the idea that when you're single is that time to be looking at yourself and saying, you know, what's happened in my life? What what are the you know looking back I guess at, at development and developmental stages, um, family and not at all blaming parents, but looking at what you came out of your uh, childhood with. What what were those thoughts and feelings? Where was your woundedness there? And looking at that and saying, you know what, I think I'm not so good with, for example, communication, or I'm not so good at um, feeling as though it's okay to be by, by myself for a while, you know, because some people find that really hard. They cannot sit in a room by themselves. So what is it that's happened in their life um, to bring them to this place where they now are kind of, you know, looking for a partner, but 
are they going to be able to sit well with that partner and, and have a happy relationship? And let's look at the woundedness of each of those people to bring them to um, health and healing. You are on 2020. It's Neil Johnson with you. Our special guest this hour, Dr. Genevieve Milnes, clinical psychologist. She's National Director of Psychology Australia and National President of the Christian Counselors Association of Australia. Our talkback lines are open 1-800-880-876. That's 1-800-880-876. Genevieve, when we talk about the challenges that singles face, uh, there's a big long list, but which ones would you identify as the most significant? Well, um, I guess uh, one of the things that comes up, and it may not be top of this list that I'm looking at here, but not knowing where to meet suitable partners. Now, that That's quite a big one. Mm. And one I hear often, because, you know, I might have a young lady or a young man who's going to a particular church and, you know, it's sort of really fished out, if you like, in that church. But they're committed to that church. They have their, you know, social calendar around the, the functions of the church and so on. But they're not meeting suitable partners. So where does one go? And I a lot, I hear a lot these days of people going to the net. Now, um, in the beginning, I was sort of quite alarmed and I thought, oh, my goodness, this this can't be, you know, because we, they're not meeting the actual person. They're actually meeting online, so they don't know. They don't know that physical appearance, the sort of, the, um, you know, just that, that um, of meeting a person and looking at their smile or hearing their voice and so on. So they're not getting that. But that is where a lot of young people are meeting. And I'm, I'm wondering, um, we commented on it earlier, but I'm wondering how successful that is. I do hear of some successes and I think great and I'm sort of watching those relationships develop and see how they go. I hear of a lot that fail. Um, so I don't know, Neil, what do you think about that? Well, why don't we ask our listeners to let us know if you've ever done anything with a Christian dating site, whether it's been oh. a successful thing for you or, or maybe not. Uh, what are some of the pitfalls you might have come up against? Well, one eight hundred eighty eight zero eighty seven six our number, if you do like to uh, be a part of our conversation and you'd like to let us know your insights into that. Uh, let's take some calls here, Genevieve. Uh, Jackie is in New South Wales. Hello, Jackie. Hello, how are you? Good. Jackie, where are you calling from? New South Wales. Okay, just uh, not going to tell us your town. but oh, uh, oh, Vineyard. Vineyard in New South Wales. What's your contribution to our conversation today? Well, I actually called before I heard your question about not knowing where to meet people. That's probably not a strong point of mine because most of the people I've ever met have always been in hotels and that doesn't bring for fruitful relationships in my experience. Mm -hmm. Um. So, uh, tell, me, tell me about you, Jackie. Why have you rung in today? Well, I um, heard you speaking on the radio and I recently requested prayer because I've been living in a... Um, well, I've recently, recently reignited my relationship with God and I live in a sinful relationship. Mm. And I've asked my partner... I, I went to break it off with my partner and he came back to me. He doesn't have understanding like mm. me about God. And yes. he came back to me and said, well, he was willing to try with me um, a non-sexual relationship, which we started. 
you know, and I thank God and I'm happy with that. But I actually heard you say about getting ready for marriage because even though I have gone about things all the wrong way, Mm. I heard you talking about things and um, I'm one of those people that don't like to be on my own and then probably jump in feet first, find out that it's all too late. And I have an array of problems. I've been to psychologists. I've been spending money. I've had alcohol problems, drug problems, Mm. you name Mm. it. (laughs) Anyway, I'm finally coming to a place and when you were talking about your marriage advice and preparing, um, I want to give my partner my all, but most of all I want to do God's will. Yes. if and I so want him to marry me, I thought. Well, I heard you say that you know you work with people, and and that's probably a good spot. It seems like that's what God's saying to me. He's being yes. It's been very heavy on my heart, and I'm I'm asking him for strength so I can comply and do what he wants. Yes, yes. And so, but as for knowing where to meet people, I just went to church for the first time in probably fifteen years on Sunday. And how was that, Jackie? Well, it was great for me, and my partner came along and That's supported wonderful. me. Mm. And but um, that I just have to believe. I have to believe in God, and um, and I do want to be married one day, and I want to mm. be a good marriage partner. So yes. I just heard that you can give advice. So I thought, well, I'm going to ring oh. in. <laughs> good, thank you, Jackie. That's great. And do you know? Um, I'm sure that there are many, many people who are in your situation and it would be great for them to just hear you speaking today and and talking about this whole issue because, um, you know, and what do you do? It's a dilemma, isn't it? Because you had a relationship, now you've come back to God and you feel that, you know, what you were doing is, is not the way God would have you live at this present time, but you do want to marry this man. So um, I think it's exciting times for you and I'm so pleased to hear that you did um, take your boyfriend to church (laughs) and I'd be interested to see what he thought about it. (laughs) Well, Genevieve, it wasn't me who took him. I just basically went to him last week and said, you know, this has been heavy on my heart. I tried to leave God out of it because I didn't want him to become one of these people who you know blames God and it's all God's fault and Mm. and it's like and then he turned around to me and he said but I love you with all my heart I don't want you to go I'm willing to support you I'm willing to try and I'm like wow that's (laughs) you know right and yeah of course because he loves you and you know for whatever reason um, he is willing to go with you because he knows that that's a deep belief now in your heart and um, it, it's it's unshakable. So really to accompany you, um, I guess he's open and willing to investigate, you know, and to see what it is that makes you so excited about God. Well, I yeah. hope I get it right, Genevieve, and um, yeah. if I can seek some help in preparing myself to be a good person to marry and yes. solve those issues that yes. I know. It's it's just like you were speaking to me, you know, exactly what happened to me. I've been married. I've been in a previous relationship. Now I'm in another one. I, yes. And I know in my heart, it's like you just keep doing the same lessons over and over. And you said, you know, you might not be a good communicator. Well, I'm a good communicator in every other area 
mm. but being honest and I've been feeling like I'm a fraud. Mm. You know, mm. yeah. and I just and now I want to be I want to be open and honest. I mean, that's what he encouraged. That's what we decided that this relationship would be about. Yes, now, Jackie, I, I'm I'm wondering whether maybe um, Neil could get you to stay on the line there. And um, we could just send you an email address or something so that uh, I could get some information to you. That would be wonderful. Thank you. We'll do that. Uh, Stay on the line there, Jackie, and we'll get those details. Uh, Jackie from New South Wales, thanks so much for being a part of uh, of 2020 today. Uh, Let's continue to take some calls. We've got one here. Uh, Luke is in Coburg in Victoria. Hello, Luke. Welcome to 2020. Oh, hello. How are you, Neil? I'm very well, thank you, Luke, and You've great to hear job, from you. Mate. Oh, thank you very much. You're you're an inspiration to this country. Oh, good. All so right. I well, I appreciate to, that. Uh, you know. Okay. Well, how's yeah, your singleness going? Are you uh, are you? No, no, not single, mate. I've got a beautiful wife. She's the most beautiful woman in the world. Wonderful. Well, how would you when, like to contribute to her, our conversation? When I look at my wife, I see God. Great. When I look at my kids, I see God. Yep. Because they're God's beauty. I was also gonna, I was going to say, uh, if generally, if it's true that the pill made a big difference to our culture, like to today, you know, the um, guys are getting the milk without the cow. I mean, it's yeah. kind of, you know, it's, it's yeah. kind of they don't really need that. Uh, you know, years ago, you'd kind of want to be married, or a woman wouldn't take a risk to have sex with. Uh, that, that's very true, Luke. Yes, and yeah, I, I mean, think it's changed our whole society. And women today are very confused. They don't, they're confused between what love and sex is, and unfortunately the culture telling them that it's all about sex, and they're kind of confused. You know, that, you know love to them is very mixed up in this society, unfortunately, in this secular kind of mm. society that's Hollywood. I call it Hollywood society because, you know, that's pretty mm. much what most people have been sold, you know. Um, yes. And I was just also going to say, is, is, is it becoming harder, like in a sense, is the culture a lot more poisonous today than it was, say, 40 years ago, 50 years ago? Is that a myth or is that truth? I, I think they had their problems as well, but they were probably different. Um, we, we've got so, so much uh, impacting on us today. Um, it is very difficult um, to live, I think, a holy life. It, well, can I ask, what would you say is the greatest kind of, you know, obviously you've, you know, you've been around. You've kind of spoken to a lot of people. You do the research. What is the, what is the some of the major differences that we're facing today? Say then, say 50 years ago, that weren't as issue that are big issues today. Or because um, some ways, uh, marriage seemed to be a lot, lot longer. People used to stay, you know, married. Yes, they did. Um, the, the, and I know some of it was because of yes, women's liberation. But I, I think you still find commitment today, but I guess that the the 60s changed everything as you alluded to there Um, and it it changed the way that um, people relate to each other Um, it sort of became, I guess there was a superficiality in in sexual relationships that came about and I think that has changed um, the face of of our culture, of our western culture Um, and you know I look at my parents' marriage, and it was, as you say, it was quite a different marriage. And But today, we still have to commit to a partner, and we, we still have love, and we still bring up families. We do similar sorts of things, but I think we do them in different ways now, and particularly with the net that's come about. So the net has changed our lives dramatically. 
Well, Luke from Coburg, thanks so much for your input today on 2020. Helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020. It's Neil with you on 2020. Dr Genevieve Milnes is our guest this hour, clinical psychologist, national president of the Christian Counselors Association of Australia. Uh, running a little short on time, Genevieve, uh, but and there's so much to talk mm. about on this issue, but let me ask you what I mentioned just before the break there. Is singleness a gift from God? Do you have to appreciate singleness in a special way? I definitely think it is a gift. I think it's a a wonderful time to examine yourself and to process the things that have happened in your life so that you don't take them as baggage into a relationship. Because uh, it's when you're single that you have that adult mind, that ability to think through, to analyze, and to really find those places in your life that there has been some wounding. Now, there is a book that I do recommend to people. It's not, an, a, a, you know, you won't find it in, in your Christian bookshop, but it is a very solid book to find and to get and have in your library. It's called Keeping the Love You Find. It's all about singleness, really. And it's about preparing yourself for um, meeting someone else and being a whole person So it's by Harville Hendricks, who um, is an American writer, uh, psychologist, and he's written Keeping the Love You Find. It goes through each stage of your life to look at where you could have been wounded and and asks pertinent questions about, you know, um, and looking at the symptoms now that you've got and trying to sort of piece together what happened in those early years. And maybe there are some things that have happened uh, way back that, you don't realise it, but they are actually impacting on the way that you do life now. Well, there are so many calls coming through. We're going to talk up to the news and just short yep. of time. I wanted to give two website addresses for people to uh, have further information. One is the Christian Counselling Association of Australia website, www.ccaa.net.au and also www.psychost.com. Uh, those two websites, uh, we don't get too much chance to talk about those. Uh, and that was a .com.au. That, .au. That's psychost.com.au. Uh, let's just take a, a quick, it might only be a couple of comments here. Larry from Brisbane. Hello, Larry. Welcome to 2020. We've lost Larry. Let's go with uh, Angelia in Narrabri. Hello, Angelia. Hello. How are you? Very well. What's well, Just a very quick comment from you, please. Um, just wanted to say that, um, well, I believe after a breakup, um, you know, you need time. God is the healer and restorer, and he's the one that makes us whole. I don't believe in net dating. Um, I believe God is sovereign and in, in his timing. If if you're praying is that, and that's what you you desire to be married, he will bring along the right partner in the in his timing for you, the best partner for you in the best timing. Angelia, thank you so much for your input there. A quick comment from you on that one, Genevieve? Um, look, um, yes, yes and no. Um, I think that some I have seen Christians meet online and have successful relationships um, when they do actually physically meet and they get on and, and things work out well. Yes, that's true. Um, I do like a little a bit of proactivity. I, I don't think I think God has given us all that we need to get on in life, uh, and there is that waiting on God that we talk about. But we also need to be, um, you know, doing work on ourselves in the meantime and being proactive in that sense. 
Thank you so much for that call, Angelia from Narrabri. We're just uh, running out of time now. Meeting people in church, uh, this has got to be a good place to meet. Uh, is it a relevant reason to go along to church because you're interested in finding a partner? Obviously, you want to get that balance right, don't you, between God you do, and... Yeah. I was just laughing because I, I think back to my um, I, my own journey. I do remember going to church to find out if there were any boys there. Yes. So I have to have to admit that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Genevieve, wonderful talking. Uh, those websites, www.ccaa.net.au or www.psychost.com.au. Uh, Dr. Genevieve Milnes, our special guest, clinical psychologist. Genevieve, let's do this again on another day and we'll, we'll pick up on some other great issues. But thank you so much for your input today here on 2020. It's just been thank wonderful. Thank you and I look forward to it. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.